We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thirsty Thursday edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Dosser. I have with me North Carolina legend John Henson. I have with me Wake Forest legend Randolph Childress. We have plenty to talk about in the world of college basketball. We thought it was going to be a boring night. Then Michigan went out and lost to Central Michigan. Then Iowa went out and got blown out at Nebraska. Then Georgetown went out and gave us an opportunity to talk about them again. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. We're going to play a fun game of Would You Rather. I don't think we've done that yet on this network. It's a We got a little bit reckless with it. It is what it is. And we have some end-of-the-year superlatives that we are going to dive into. It's a fun show. We got a lot to discuss. It's the last live show that you're going to get from us before New Year's Eve. Uh, RC and I, along with Greg Waddell, did our New Year's resolution show. We recorded that on Tuesday. It's going live tomorrow uh, at 11 o'clock in the After Dark slot. So we have a lot to get to there as well. So we it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun weekend. I can't wait to uh, to get to the new year. I can't wait for conference play to get there kind of in, in, in the throes of it. It's the best part of the season, the best part of the year. Um, but before that, the thing we do every single night, as I mentioned, Thirsty Thursday. We do our toasts of the night. John Henson, I'm going to you first, my man. Who is your toast um, Thursday night? I am going to go with Devin Carter from Providence. I believe he set the tone today. He kind of started that little run that Providence had in the first half, being aggressive to the rim, and kind of kind of put a little put a little battery in his teammates' pack, and they never looked they never looked back. Um, I was shocked that. They ran Butler up out of there like that. So uh, I'm going to do, you know, Devin Carter had 21 points, four steals as well. Hey, he brought it tonight and, and, and they needed it. Cheers. You stole mine. So I'm going to have to do a little research. RC, we're going to you next. <laughs> we're going to go with the hero tonight, man. I'm going with, with, with Reggie Bass, man. Three ball to win in Michigan. But I, if I can't, if I, if I didn't do that one, I got to go with Pele, man. Arguably the greatest player, you know, prior to Messi, Maybe Ronaldo, but prior to that, Pele was arguably the greatest player of all time. Look, p- passing the day, three-time World Cup champion, right. Pele. Pele is the greatest. I mean, his numbers, mm-hmm. I mean. Numbers scary. are crazy, but I mean, most people wouldn't know that. And with Messi on that run, yeah. the last World Cup right. championship was just as good as any game you'll ever watch in any sport. You know, people made the recency bias and all that, but he, you know, I, I would I would get to an argument if someone said, said it. You know, he Pele was the first. 
he was a global superstar before oh my God. like global superstars. Um, that, that's a totally different conversation. That's when we start the 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 world what was it the field of the world cup or something like that. Yeah. We got to come up with a better name for uh for our soccer podcast network when we have one. But yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a good call on uh that's a good call on Pele. I'm going to go um I'm going to go with Emoja Dixon. Uh Emoja Gibson. I'm going to keep it in the Big East from mm. DePaul. 29 points, 4 boards, 5 assists. I think he had 4 steals as well. Uh, DePaul goes into Washington, D.C. They beat up on Georgetown. They get a win. So congratulations to you, DePaul. It's not that often that you guys are getting Big East wins. But if you can get a road win and you can do it against the program with the history of Georgetown, then you kind of you got to celebrate that when you can get it. Yeah, history is the key word when it comes to Georgetown. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, but you mentioned it, R.C. Reggie Bass, star of the night, Central Michigan, Hit the game winner to beat up on uh, beat up on Michigan in Ann Arbor. In uh, is that the Chrysler Center, Chrysler Arena, whatever it's called. Um, but we're, we'll we'll get to Reggie in a second. He's going to join us live. I want to talk about Michigan first. Uh, I called them Michigan, and uh, producer Trevor did not think that, that was as funny as I thought it was going to end up being. But RC, this team seven to five. Uh, they just lost to a four and eight directional school rival, in state rival. What's your take on this Wolverine program? Is is there a way back from them, or is this the point where now, you know, to to put into context where they are right now, Kentucky's best win is no longer Michigan on a neutral. It's beating Yale at home. That's where we are with the Wolverines at this point. I, they're struggling. I mean, that's just putting it kindly. Um, how they come out of it, I don't know. I don't know where the scores are going to come from. I, I was expecting Hunter to, to average, you know, like 20 and 10 you know, 20 plus 10 and kind of, you know, be a dominant force. He's not dominating right now. The other guys, and again, he's drawing double teams and he's drawing a lot of attention, not enough perimeter shooting around him to, to, to spread, the, you know, spread the lane. I'll open a paint up for him a little bit to operate. And they, they're just, I, I, I think the formula is out for beating them. And until they get a game where they knock down some shots, I think they will for a game or two, but I'm not relying on anything that's going to be consistent season long. They, they, they kind of seem to be playing down to the competition. I mean, they lost to Virginia by two. Um, Kentucky was a good game. Carolina, they played well. Um, they beat Minnesota. Obviously, nobody crazy, but by 15. So you just kind of wonder what's going on with them because it seems like when they play good teams, they get up and kind of when they need those wins that they need to mark off the books and move on, that's when they struggle. And um, like I said, Dickinson, I, I don't know. They, they've kind of cracked the code on him. Hey, look, we're just going to throw the whole sink, sink at him and see if if he can, if other guys around him can help, and, and they haven't been doing that. Is this still a tournament team in your guys' mind? Uh, like you mentioned, John, they, they don't really have, uh, outside of Central Michigan, it's not like they have bad losses, right? Like Arizona mm-hmm. State has is, uh, is, is a two-loss team. Virginia is a mm-hmm. top 25 team. Kentucky, we can say whatever we want about them. That's still, uh, by the metrics, a good loss, if you will. North Carolina is a loss that's still a top 25-ish kind of a team that's going to end up being better when it's all said and done. So it's not like there's an awful resume there, and you're going to have opportunities to build on it when you get into conference play. That's just what happens when you're in the Big Ten. But do you think this team has the pieces to be able to kind of get to that point, John? I I think they have the pieces. I mean, they have the potential – as we saw, they play well against good teams. Um, and, and so it's about putting everything together, you know, with Juwan Howard, you know, this is a different ball game than a professional, right? So you know, you never know kind of his philosophy, what he's got going on, how he's playing it. Um, but they, they, they have a chance. They play in a good league, so they're going to have some good games coming up, um, you know, to play against some teams to kind of improve their resume. But as of now, they're on the outside looking in, and they don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> 
RC? I mean, they got conference play. They got they got conference yeah. play to get it going. I mean, tonight's loss is brutal. I mean, that's not sugarcoating. I mean, tonight's loss to last tonight's loss hurt. I mean, they they lost to some teams. I think that struggles to score, and as do they. And my only concern about them is where does the scoring come from? I mean, I, I just don't know. Like tonight, Hunter Dickinson just had thirteen to six against Central Michigan. And and if he doesn't get going, like I said, he needs to be a, a, a dominant at least 18 and, and, and 12 or, 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 you know, a 20 piece for this team to be to get anywhere close for us to be talking about them being a tournament team. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have opportunities because the team's in the Big Ten. There's no question about that. But right now we haven't seen anything to say that they can turn that around. Yeah, it's just it's worrying to me when you have a team that has it feels like they have pieces around him, right? Like Jet Howard's a guy that that is getting NBA attention already. He's what six foot eight. He shoots it. Uh, I think he's shooting over forty percent still from beyond the arc. It's not like Kobe Bufkin hasn't done some things in recent games. Terrence Williams is more of a glue guy in my mind than a go to guy, but he kind of fits that like that that small ball four-ish versatile kind of role that you want when you have a guy like Hunter Dickens. They have four dudes that they can put around him. And in theory, they should be able to make shots, but it's just not, it's not coming off. And I I don't know. Part of me thinks that tonight's performance had a lot to do with like students not being on campus first game back from break. Maybe you're not necessarily up for it. It's kind of like, it feels like it should be conference season. You're playing a team that you think you should beat by 40. We've already seen, Hunter Dickinson sit here and get on his podcast and talk about how he's going to be Arizona state by 20 and end up losing by 30. Right. So maybe they just didn't get up for it. But to me, that's a problem. Like if you don't have the leadership to be able to get up for every single game, we, we talk about this in North Carolina and North Carolina has got significantly more talent than Michigan does. That, to me, John, that's, that's, that's worse. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I kind of looking at the schedule. They got Maryland coming up twice. They've got Michigan state, Penn state, Iowa, they got Purdue coming at the end of the month. Um, so there's there's an opportunity to, to kind of get them back on track. And I, I see Michigan as maybe a bubble team, like, you know, last four and last four out type team, depending on how the season goes, maybe need to make a late run in the tournament. And that's kind of what they're gearing up to be. So um, we're going to see what happens down there in Auburn, man. Um, if know, that's wh- 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 where, 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 where do they finish in the Big Ten right now? Whew. <laughs> All right. Here, let's roll through, them. Gonna roll through the teams. You tell yeah, me who you think yeah. is definitively better than them in the Big Ten Conference, right? I think we could all agree Purdue, definitively better, right? Yep. Wisconsin, I would say that they're probably better. Mm. I'm taking Ohio State over them. Yeah. Yes? What yes. about what about the uh, like kind of Maryland, Penn State, Michigan State? Where do you guys stand on that? Michigan State I, I would, and Maryland. I would. Yeah, Michigan State or Maryland. But I, I believe that they, they have a chance to prove – that they are the better team per se. They play Maryland twice and Michigan State within the next three weeks. So mm-hmm. they need, I mean, are those must wins for them? What we call that a must win? Or, or like, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, like if they don't beat those teams and what are we, you know, what are we talking about? Because I, I think, gonna- I, I don't think I'd call anything a must win right now, but it is a must win in the sense where like you gotta, if you, if you lose like three of the next four, it could it could spiral your season out of control, right? Like so, in that sense, like you got Maryland, you got to start turning this thing around now, right? Yeah, if they don't beat Maryland, which they play twice, and they don't beat Michigan State, and say they beat Penn State, that's still starting. They're, they're starting like two and five, two and four, because they got Purdue coming. I'm not. They're not beating them, you know. Like you know, and so it's it could get it. It could snowball for them. It could be a snowball for them quickly. 
they got to respond. I mean, tonight, there's no excuse for them. I mean, it's not on anybody. I mean, any one person, but as a collective, as a unit, they got to respond. I mean, that's just not a loss that they can have. You know, we can say the Kentucky loss, the Carolina loss, Virginia loss, they lost to some tournament teams. So it's nothing to hang, hang, you know, put your head down about, but you, you can't lose to Central Michigan at home. Well, you can, and and they did. Yeah. I think that uh, one of the things I think we're good at doing on this show is is celebrating the teams that aren't necessarily just the big dogs, right? Right, uh, right. Central Michigan got this win. Team of the night, Reggie Bass. Player of the night, Reggie Bass at the shot of the night, and he is going to be our big interview of the night. He's joining us now live from the bus, which is going to be a lot quieter than I expected the Central Michigan, uh, Central Michigan bus to be. And now let me welcome on to the field of 68 After Dark, the star of the night, the hero of the night, the man that hit the game winner uh, to beat Michigan in Ann Arbor, Reggie Bass. Reggie, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. And you? How are you? I'm great, man. I'm probably not as good as you guys are uh, right now. You're on the bus ride back home to Mount Pleasant from Ann Arbor after picking up a win. Uh, what's what's the vibe like on the bus, man? It doesn't sound like it's very loud in there. Uh, it's, it's a good vibe on the bus. It's just very quiet right now because of the interview, but we're very rowdy and stuff. All right, so so take me through take me through the game winner. Take me through that last shot. What did you see? How did it kind of develop? What happened on the play? Uh, actually, it was kind of like a broken play, so I just had to had the ball in my hand, so I had to shoot the shot eventually because the shot clock was going down, and it just luckily went in. Now, you didn't need to shoot a three, but you shot one anyway. Was that in your thought process, or you was just trying to get it off? Were you thinking, hey, I can get a quick two, or I don't need a certain three? What was your thought process when you took the shot? Uh, really just looking for space. And I see he uh, jumped and I perfect. So I just leaped in and I shot the three. You knew it was good when you when you let it go? Uh, I didn't know it was good, actually. I kind of was praying it went in. And it went in, so it did me good. Hey, what was the scouting report today? You play, you know, not often you guys play against a first team All American like Hunter Dickinson. What was the scouting report against him for you guys? Uh, you know, Dickinson, he's a real good player, you know, big conference player, all that type of stuff. But it was really just to contain him and like keep him from his right shoulder, yeah. which he likes to do a lot. And I feel like we did that good as a team and we like trapped him, doubled him. So I feel like that's what really, that was really the key. Take me through take me through your recruiting process. I know we're going back a little bit, but you had originally committed to Illinois and you had a bunch of high major offers. Um, how did you end up at Central Michigan and, and what was kind of the process there? Uh, I decommitted from Illinois and I met Coach Barbie. Uh, he offered me, of course, and I just, I felt like it was home. I trusted Coach and he ain't never let me wrong. So I just feel like it was a good place I needed to be. And the players that he coached, and he helped a lot of them, and I feel like he could help me also. So did he uh, Did he tell you that you were going to hit a game winner to beat Michigan? Is that what convinced you to commit there? No, he never told me I was going to hit a game winner. All right. Well, listen, man, I appreciate the time. Congratulations on the win. You're on the bus. So let me see the rest of the uh, – Yeah, the tell everybody. They ain't got to be all quiet, man. man. What's going on, Michigan, man? We're supposed man. to have fun on this show. Right. You got bragging said, right. Tell man. them they ain't got to be quiet. They are <laughs> <laughs> there we go listen reggie congratulations on the win man hell of a performance hell of a shot of uh, make sure you guys enjoy it tonight 
That was the hero of the night, Reggie Bass, who was uh, not as energetic as I thought he was going to end up being. But you know what, man? Look, you got to give him credit. That's a great shot that he hit, a big shot that he hit, and a moment that he is, John, you just said this, man, a moment that he's never going to forget. Um, I want to ask you guys this. You you guys both played uh, played at the professional level. You've played a higher level of basketball than uh, than, than pretty much anybody else that is on this network. Um Jawan Howard and also Patrick Ewing are two guys that had storied long time. Uh, I would call it legendary basketball careers at the highest level that you could possibly play. Right. They made enough money that, that their grandkids, grandkids are never going to have to want for anything. Um, mm-hmm. Coming back to the college ranks after coaching or after playing at the NBA level, after being in that league, RC, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Um, what what what's the difficulty level there and why do we see some guys maybe not necessarily have the success that you would expect for some like look Jawan Howard was a guy that was well respected in in NBA coaching circles right as an assistant he was a guy that was with Spolestra at the in the heat for what was it six years after he retired it's not like Patrick Ewing he was 15 years on a on a NBA bench after a Hall of Fame basketball career why are these guys coming back to school and maybe not necessarily having the success that that we thought they would I, I do I understand the similarities, but I think they're a little different. I think Jawan obviously has had a lot of success. You know, I, you know, he's a national coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes he's a you know you lose kids early, and that's something he's going to have to navigate. You know, of having an experienced team. Now I recruit kids; they leave early. Like, how do I how do I navigate that? The portal's new to him. I think he's getting all this at one time with not you know having that NBA background. But I remember when he, his first year back, and I remember walking in. We were walking in the Peace Jam with Danny, and he was he was hitting up all the veteran guys guys that he knew, just like saying, "Hey, I, I, what do I need to do?" Asking questions about how I need. I, he's not the typical guy that you know the typical stereotypical situation of guys will say, "Man, NBA guys don't want to grind." I, I don't. That's not Jawan. I can I can I can definitely vouch and say that he he's gonna grind and work his ass off. You can tell by some of the stuff that people made like or not he's still super competitive now i can't say that about a ton of nba guys not every guy some guys come back and they they look like they're coaching in flip-flops you know they just live in a living a life but mm-hmm. that you know Jawan, that's not the case i just think adjusting to losing guys early having so much success you know the standard in which he achieved his national coach of the year early in his career living up to that expectation is going to always be tough but i, I think he'll get Mich- michigan back yeah, John, I think the thing that's that's difficult is the it's 24-7, right? Yep. You're you're basically a CEO of an entire operation. You're the head coach, but you're also the general manager that has to make the roster decisions. You're also got the guy that's in charge of the marketing. You're the face of the entire program. Um, maybe not as much at Michigan when you have Jim Harbaugh there as well, but at a lot of these college basketball programs, Georgetown specifically, the biggest name is going to be uh the basketball coach. And and I think that's an adjustment, right? When you're at the, when you're in the NBA, you, you coach your team, you try to put together mm-hmm. a game plan, you go and watch the film, you do whatever you have to do and you kind of go home and that's, that's it. Right. Whereas in college, you kind of have to worry about like, are, are my guys getting home uh, for curfew? Are they, you know, are they making it to class? Are they getting good grades? Are they, are they making it? Well, I guess now it's, you know, are they on the zoom calls that they need to be on when you have your remote classes or whatever, <laughs> right. but there's more it's, to it than just coaching. Yeah, college is definitely more responsibility. I mean, you're like you're the you're the CEO of the program, and, and 
everything that happens, you need to be aware of. You need, I mean, NBA coaches don't have to worry about post-game meals or lifts or things a certain or, or, or travel. Like these are things that a college coach has to worry about dinners. Right. And so I think John Howard's on the cusp of figuring it out. I mean, they're struggling, but like, I don't think they're doing bad. And I think he's one or two people staying a couple of good players away from kind of competing as he did before. Um, for me, I, I think the best college coaches are the master motivators and the guys that hate to lose. Those, those are the two things that I think in college you have to have in your DNA because you have these kids that need to be motivated. You know, everybody wants to go to the NBA, but at the same time, you're not coaching all professionals or guys come from different backgrounds and things. So he's got to navigate that, figure that out. But I, I like, 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 you know, Randall said, I, I think he's doing okay considering the current circumstances, trying to figure it out. Now, Patrick Ewing, on the other hand, he's 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 got handed a tougher situation per se, but Georgetown is still a program that should be able to be recruit and, and have good players. Because when I was in school, Georgetown wasn't a great, you know, perennial top 15 team, but it was somebody when they walk into the gym, you couldn't play around with. So I think that's all they want Georgetown to be. I don't think they're asking Patrick Ewing to make them a top five perennial powerhouse. Man, game. you better stop that. No, no, I'm not going to stop. No, I just don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that, I don't think that's what they stop ask. It. I mean, that's, that's what they want, man. But, you crazy? But, but, so if Georgetown is a meddling top 15 team, team, top 15, top 25 team, and they make a tournament every year, make a little, maybe go around or two, or, will he ever get fired? Will he ever get fired? I don't two think things. So. First of all, I got two, I got two things to pick with you about. Yeah. First thing is UNC guys going to class. Let's not even talk about that. Why why you bring that up? Like you need to go to class. So why are we talking about that? That's the first bone I gotta pick with you first. Uh-huh. I'm a, and we're gonna let that go. We're gonna move on uh-huh. past that. Okay. The second thing is Georgetown, listen. I listen, I know the trust facility, me. the facility is is an issue. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you tell me rank the biggies jobs that you want to have that you feel like recruiting base and everything you can do. Where is Georgetown ranked? I mean, top three probably. for 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 me and you, yeah, top. But this this is tw- these kids has got you know tick even they don't, they, don't he, know about no, they don't know about the no, 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 no. Allen Iverson, John Thompson days. Like they don't know about none of that. that no, no, no. I, listen, I, I'm not arguing that. I'm not even yeah. arguing from a historic standpoint. Just yeah. everything that it, it it provides for opportunity wise right now. Well, for one, the facility shared like their facility and locker room shared with the Wizards. That's kind of weird to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if that's the best situation for a, from a recruiting standpoint because they can't even have access to their locker room on certain days and access to certain things in in the when the Wizards are playing, which I think is it kind of sucks a little bit for them as a program because when I was in school, we had 24-hour access to everything. So I think that's a big deal to some people. And, you know, Pat, Pat's got to go recruit. And like I said, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really – I don't know what he's been doing or how – if he's been on the road. I haven't really been around the recruiting angle like that. But, like, you got to go get some young Thundercats on that staff and go get some guys. And uh, and Georgetown got money too, man. Like, you know, they got alums with money. So it's, it's interesting that he's struggling to bring in – talent because in college if you bring in talent you got a chance in my opinion you know what i mean coach williams always said i'm not the best coach i get the best players i wholeheartedly agree that's a successful formula in college basketball let me so let, let me ask you guys this rc we, we don't need to go down the angle of like the facilities and everything we, we've had that no, argument no, we've Just, already done it. For, the, for the people that don't know georgetown's Plays at I, I i don't know is it called the verizon center now whatever it's called the, the, yeah, the, the, the verizon downtown dc center. 
Yep. yep. And, and that is uh, a pain in the ass to get to from the Georgetown campus when you would be going for like 6.30 p.m. tip-offs, 7 o'clock tip-offs. D.C. traffic sucks. There is no subway. There is no uh, – there's no transportation to be able to get from campus to the arena unless you're like taking an Uber or taking a cab or you're going to walk or ride or whatever it is, right? And and when you're playing in a 19,000-seat arena and you have like 4,000 people in the building, it looks empty. It sounds empty. It's cold. It's just an awful environment. And that it kind of compounds on itself and it is what it is. Um, my big question for you, for both of you guys, is this. Georgetown has now lost 23 consecutive games to Big East opponents. They went 0-19 in the Big East last season. They didn't win a game after December 15th. They went an entire calendar year in 2021-22 without winning a basketball game. They've lost 28 consecutive games against high major opponents. It is not working. It has not gotten better. It has gone downhill. We thought that this year they were going to be improved. They are not, clearly. So is it time to, to kind of cut the cord? Is it time to rip that Band-Aid off? Do you let this thing continue to play out? Do you, are, are you bottom out at this point and it doesn't matter if you get rid of uh, Patrick Ewing now or you get rid of him at the end of the season? Is, there, is it time, RC, to kind of just say, look, this is not working. We need to go our separate ways. Uh, if, he do, if they don't turn things around in the Big East, and, and, and looking at that schedule, we talked about this last week, I don't know when the next conference win is going to come. Like, I don't know when they're going to win the next game. I, I thought their best chance was against DePaul. Yeah. And, and I, so I told you, I told you tonight, I was prepared to be like, Georgetown was going to be my, I was going to po- propose a toast to Georgetown. And they didn't get it done. Um, There's some talent there. I think they should be better. They're not. It's just not working. I I mean, Pat, I said this last year, I thought Pat deserved to be back. I think there needs to be improvement. I I think at the end of the year, if he doesn't feel that that he's taken the step, I think he may decide to say, hey, you know what? I I did my best and and maybe we'll move forward. I don't know how many more opportunities you're going to expect after last year because usually in year five if someone goes winless in conference play I, I don't know how they're back he he's he built that program he is georgetown basketball but at some point i think he even says himself he'll just say hey look i gotta this is a different breed of young guys i'm for whatever reason it's not working for me let me just step away uh maybe he'll go back to the nba or whatever the case i mean coaching opportunities for him i think he'll have but i think it's just this isn't working. You can't go another over or win two or three games in the Big East and then expect this thing to, to run this back. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, they're giving away. If you live in D.C. now, they're it's giving away tickets the and they don't, they're still the not filling it up. And no one still goes. Yeah. John, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to counterpoint that. Real quick. Little... Man, look who we have come. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it can get any worse. And I don't think you you help the program long term by cutting ties with like the the most famous alumni that you have, right? The guy mm. that is kind of what Georgetown basketball is, the guy that started Hoya Paranoia exists right. because Patrick Ewing and John Thompson Jr. were yep. there, right? I mean, my 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 dad literally like my like coming like my dad was a George, like you know, my dad's a big man as well. And I was a big man. So like coming up, like Greg Monroe's one of my close friends. He went there like that was like the big man, like that was a school that's that a big man university. Big man, you so like big man, you. the game has changed a little bit, 
And so the identity of that program has also, we, we don't really, as a kid, what is Georgetown? Like, I know they had Patrick Ewing, AI, but that, those, like, they don't have an identity. And even more so now than ever, man, like having an identity and, and having just a little kind of, kind of swag with what you guys got going. It, it, it's, it's, that's what the kids want, man. And, and so, um, I, I, I hope he can figure it out. I wish he could figure it out because it's such a good story, man. And Pat's a good dude. Obviously playing in the NBA, I came across him a lot of times, had a lot of conversations with him, obviously a giant fan. So um, it's, it's, it's tough, but yeah, they, they might have to bring someone else in to kind of revamp that thing. And and, and it's, it's but not that's bad. The biggest so I, issue. That's well, the see, biggest my, issue. My biggest thing is that I don't know. I don't think that it's an immediate fix with anybody, right? I think you're looking at a long-term rebuild, regardless of who it is mm-hmm. uh, in large part, because you have to, it's very difficult to me to be able to to turn a program into something that is consistently successful in a conference as difficult as the Big East is when you don't have your home court as a fortress, right? When you don't mm. pack every single seat in that building and have it be loud and hot and tough to play in and intimidating for the officials, right? There's a reason why Cameron is so difficult to play in. And it's not just because Coach K was out there getting every single call, right? It's not because you're playing eight on five. You're playing eight on five because there's 9,000 people in that building that are literally on top of you. You can't move. It's so loud that the building's shaking, right? John, you played there. RC, you've played there. Like that building does not hold as many people as a lot of different places in the ACC, but that is the toughest place to play in the ACC because it's packed, it's tight. It, 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 it's that environment, right? You're and, never going to get that at Georgetown with the way that the current setup is. And I, I think, I think you take- I, see, I, I push back on that because I think you can. I think you just got to, you got to rope off the top of the Verizon Center and then eventually you can get this going. You can just rope off the top and then make it the bottom level. I think it's a hell of a job. I, I, I'm sorry. I, no, I, 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 agree. I agree with is, you. I just it think it's going to. It's a fucking elite job to me. Um, again, I hate it because Pat is Georgetown. And we talked about an identity. They were tough before it was cool to be tough. Like everybody talk about toughness now. You you play Georgetown. It would be like, I, I used to coin this phrase because of that. It would be like, look, we may lose the game, but hell, we're going to win the fight. You had to be mm-hmm. ready to fight if you played Georgetown. So I. I, I there's things that have to change. You know, we can we can talk about that. You know, to the cows come home. I, I All right. Mean, so it, let me it, let it, me ask you this, RC. You got you have DC roots, right? Yep. You are a DMV guy. Yep. Who, who are you? Pick somebody, right? I know you've said Mike Jones in the past. Are you still sticking I, with Mike Jones? Are you still I've said Mike best? Jones because that's the, that's the biggest issue right now. I think the problem of all the things that we're talking about. I think the number one issue is where do you go next with this job because. Every hire has been connected to Big John. Mm-hmm. And this was the last guy. This is this is it. There, 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 are no, there are no Georgetown guys out there. His son did it. You know, I mean, now, you know, now it was Pat. It, it, they're sitting there now. That's what makes the, this situation so unique. And who, you know, who do they hire? Because it, it was always, and let's be honest, it was always considered one of the only, there was a few jobs out there. It would always just felt like, because D.C. was known as Chocolate City, that it had mm-hmm. to be a black head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, had to be a black head coach. And Pat was the last guy to have ties to John. So now you make the wrong hire, and all of the, the entire Georgetown fan base, meaning the Iversons and all these, and it's a list of guys, a hell of a list of guys. If they just push back because they don't improve of it, then – where do you go? What do you do? You need to have somebody with local ties to that area yeah. to pull that off that might say, hey, man, come on back, that has an understanding of what Georgetown is. Because if not, 
that this is as a unique situation as I think of any job hire in the country. You yeah. think you can just go get a guy in there, but if you don't, if you don't get the approval of, of, of a lot of people supporting that, then you're just wasting your time. So I got, I got, two really names, I got two names for you guys. And I already mentioned them off the air. I think that uh, Ed Cooley makes so much sense there. One, because I just respect his ability as a basketball mind. Two, because I think that he's the kind of guy, he may not be in the Georgetown family, but nobody dislikes Ed Cooley. And I think that he'd be able to kind of mend those bridges as quickly as anybody that you can, uh, that you can have. I don't know if he'd take it. Um, I, I honestly kind of think that he probably would not, uh, if offered that versus Providence and what he has right now. Um, but I think that that's somebody you have to go after if you are Georgetown and at least pick up the phone and make the call. Right. The other name, I don't know if they would ever hire him, but if you put Rick Bettino in there and give Rick Bettino three years, four years, I think he gets that thing going. I, I mean, I know Rick, you're going to laugh. There's no, no way no, that Rick, ever happens, but like, I mean, just imagine, Rick, imagine Patino there. He's the Rick is going to Rick is Rick is going to get it going wherever he goes. I mean, to be yes. honest, if you give him the power of a Georgetown, because yes. I, I think on top of the coaching aspect, I think Cooley and Rick Tino's brand of basketball kind of fits in with to what that Georgetown identity of what we think of Georgetown, the tough brand of basketball, the, the you know, so I, I like that, you know, thought process, but it is a super unique situation, a super fragile situation. Uh, I I think, but but I said to you before, I think the reason why they're having some concerns or there's a lot of, think about it. Usually there's rumors. You're hearing so many rumors. We ain't hearing nobody's name attached to this because it's this job. Usually you hear people saying, now we know there's a lot of people that would want this job, right? But you're not hearing as many people attached to it. And I'm only saying that because again, you have to be careful because it's Georgetown and it's been, this family has just, their imprint has been on this thing from the jump. And mm-hmm. then now that's over, which is Georgetown basketball, like everything. Like where else can you go when you can start a program where you don't have any association with any alum or anybody else coming back, trying to support you with that. And you just think it's just hiring a guy to come in there. It, it, it's, it's, I, I think it's a lot more complicated than that than people think it's going to be oh, like, this is a unique job that people don't take it for granted, taking it for granted, but it's not as simple as just going and handpicking a guy because there's a lot of stuff. It's one of those jobs before you take it, you better make some mm-hmm. calls and see if people are supporting of you getting that job. Cause if not, mm-hmm. you'll get a good payday, but your ass will be out of there about three or four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that ends up. I will, I'll wrap it up with this college basketball is better when Georgetown is good and Georgetown is relevant and Georgetown is a national, uh, a national threat, right? Whether that means they are a top 25 team, whether that means every three to four years, they're winning the big East, whether that means they're back making final fours, hanging banners um, and Hoya paranoia is a thing again. So uh, I think we all can agree. I'll say this, even as a UConn fan, man, like we need Georgetown back. The conference is better. It's more relevant. It's it'll get frankly, it'll get a bigger TV deal if Georgetown mm-hmm. is a thing out of all the programs in that league. I think that Georgetown is the one that you can kind of say has like national brand recognition more than anybody else, probably even more than UConn, just because of I mean, everybody's everybody's dad knows exactly who Georgetown 100%. is, knows exactly what that brand is, knows exactly what the, what are the what do you call the shorts that they had, the gray ones with the designs I mean, on the side. Back in the day, I mean, you used to see random cats all over the country with Georgetown hoodies and Georgetown mm-hmm. gear. Like, you know, so it's definitely a strong brand, man. It just needs, you know, needs a little push. So 
they'll figure it out. And it's eventually. a unique Ooh. job too, because this, to be in that conference and to be as big of a brand as it is, name mm-hmm. me a bigger brand that's football only. I mean, that's basketball only. But the only yeah. one I can think of is probably UConn, and and I don't even know if, if UConn is at the right. same I mean, kind of a level, right? You used to see Georgetown gear on the Cosby Show, Fresh Prince of Bel like you know, it's a big deal, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot, it's a it's a lot, it's a big burden, but I think if someone gets in there and does the right thing, you know, it could it could be great for the for the game for college as well, man. So the old school Georgetown shorts, the one from like the mid-90s, are still yeah, like, those, those are the best ones, man. Right. You know, I know everybody listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about, and that's yep. what we are talking about here. Um, all right, I'm gonna blow past all the other top 25 teams that were in action because it's just what do we have to say about Purdue, Maryland, and Illinois Eat that down. we haven't said yet, right? Um we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Real quick, Providence, they went into Butler. They beat him by 20. We mentioned Eddie Cooley earlier. Uh, It seems RC like he's starting to kind of get this team to jail and figure some things out with this group. They beat Butler by 20 on the road in Hinkle Fieldhouse, and Bryce Hopkins was kind of a no-show tonight. Ass kicking. Let's call that what it was. That was an ass kicking. It was a beatdown. Um, they had eight transfers in, right? So, so we knew early it was going to take some time. Um, uh, they they seem to be hitting their stride right at the right time. They're three and zero in the Big East. Uh, buying them starting to figure some things out as well. They got they got a balanced group, man. They, they they're going to be right there, end of the year deciding in the in the fight for for the Big East title again. Um, I'm a huge Ed Cooley fan. I, I love their staff. I love their style of play. If they can just consistently knock down shots. They're going to be a tough out in the Big East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I concur with that. I mean, they they play good defense. They, you know, their opponents are just 32. And their win streak, their opponents are shooting 28% from three. Um, and their winning streak, they're shooting almost 60% on their two-point shots. Um, if they make shots, they're tough to beat as they were today where they blew out Butler and, and they're rolling. They got the big kid Hopkins down there who's kind of coming out to kind of be a star. Um he had a 2020 game against Marquette. So they're cooking. Devin Carter looked good. Um, and so they'll be in the mix in the end, and, you know, maybe they'll make another run. But I've always kind of been an admirer of Providence as a program, just from a basketball perspective. Um, him, you know, Ed Cooley doing that in Providence Road, you know, just it's, 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 it's tough to do. And he, he's, he's building something there. And, you know, like we were talking about, it'd be tough for him to leave that, man. And I think if schools were starting to sniff around, Providence probably would 
extend him, I'm assuming, or try to get him, yeah. you know, lock him He just got an extension, man. It, it yeah, would take it. Send him again, man. Give, give, him the, give him the John <laughs> Calipari contract. That's what he needs there. Do not yeah. let him leave. Yeah. You cannot right. let him leave if you're Providence. I know right. I just said uh, Georgetown's got to call him. If you're Providence, whatever you do, just whatever Cooley asks for, be like, yeah, you got it. That's sure. I, I think he knows it. You want to own the I, university? I, I, it's I don't yours. think there's a job in the country right now that he would want. Perfect. I just don't. I, I think I think he I think that's home for him. I think mm-hmm. he's happy. Um, it, it just fit. I think it's a it's a fit. It just fits him. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we think we we think he can do a job like that at Georgetown, but he's got that place rolling. I, I don't think he needs the challenge of saying, "Hey, man, I need to go take Georgetown," and I, I want to take the challenge of just rebuilding that, you know, or any job for that matter. But I, I don't care any other high major job in the Power Five conference. I don't know why he would leave Providence to take any job. Yeah, look, there's there's better jobs in a vacuum, right? And I think Georgetown is a better job than Providence in a vacuum. I don't think anybody would argue that, unless you're a Providence fan. Then you would argue that to the death and get in my mentions. They're probably in my mentions. <laughs> They're already cussing you out already. They're already cussing me out. Um, but there are better jobs for specific people. And right. I don't know if there is a better fit for a person in the Big East and I don't know how many people are better fits for the job that they're at right now than Ed Cooley in Providence. It's a match made in heaven, and we're seeing that. They won the biggest regular season title last year, and uh, they're probably going to, you know, at the very least, they're going to be in the mix again um, this season. Providence is hosting UConn next Wednesday. That is going to uh, gonna be a hell of a game. I can't wait for that one. It's going to be stressful as hell, but whatever. That's why we love the sport. All right. Uh, let's kind of get in. I want to get into the would you rathers because this is going to be my, this, this is one of my, my, uh, my darlings, one of my babies. For this. So <laughs> I'm going to have fun with this one. We're going let's to get into it. the John Calipari conversation here because would you rather right now in this moment, would you rather be John Calipari trying to fix Kentucky's offense that looks like it's unfixable? Or would you rather be Kenny Payne trying to rebuild Louisville from the ground up, John. I'm going to you first on this one. Who would you rather be right now? I, I would. I would. I, I don't want to be re- rebuilding anything from the ground up at a at a school like Louisville, personally. But uh, I'm going to have to go with John Calipari because it can be fixed. I mean, you know, he's got the number. You know, he's got what the number one class coming in right next year, right? So you know, things can no, be no, 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 no. Don't try to change the narrative. It's fixing this offense this year. Don't talk to me about the recruits. The number one recruits coming in next year. Fix that offense this year. I'm still hanging on. I'm still. Hey, I'm still. Hey, I'd rather work on it in Lexington and Louisville any day of the week. So I'm, I'm gonna go with Calipari for sure. I'm Ooh, going, shots of Louisville here. Shots of Louisville here. Henson's coming out. He's got the big guns swinging now. Yeah. I, I'm taking Louisville on that. I'm taking Louisville. I, I give me the rebuild in Louisville. I got nothing to do but come up. Uh, that thing already <laughs> scratched at the bottom. I'm uh, Kenny Payne. Got nothing but. but but the standing, he's looking up from this point on forward. Uh, I don't think, I mean, and I've said this early in the year, I know Kentucky fans didn't like it, but I, I think they agree to this. I don't know how you fix this offense. I, and the biggest thing is, I don't think they're that good. They're as good as they need to be defensively be, with that offense. And that's why I, I, I've been saying it all along. I just don't think the parts fit. Uh, I hope they prove me wrong. But I, like I said, I hadn't seen it. I don't think anybody's going to argue against me on that. 
Yeah, so I, I'm with you. I, I would rather be Kenny Payne in this situation because oh, yeah. the Louisville fans are already broken, right? Yes. If you get one win, <laughs> yes. they're celebrating that like they yes. just won the Super Bowl, man. Oh, my God. If you win two you games, money, the you got team, they're going to have a parade for this dude, right? They're going to put a statue. They're going to rename the Yum Center to the Payne Center, right? That's what they're going to You win two games in the ACC this year. Whereas Kentucky, you're sitting here at eight and four, right? You're still ranked in the AP Top 25, and they're ready to burn that thing down. They're Nothing's to good enough out. right now for them. Oh, maybe it's enough. time for them to, you know, how Carolina had to kind of change their offense and their philosophy and kind of what they wanted to do. Uh-huh. Maybe it might be time for Calipari. It to didn't go back change to until Hubert got there. They <laughs> ran that same y'all ran the yeah. same system for his hey. Kansas. Hey, listen. Was there. Hey, let me tell you something about that secondary break. That's the only offense in the country where the big man makes decisions. I'm, hey, that, that's that was the best thing I ever did, man. Go yeah, only a big man would say that. If, if I yeah. wanted to get a layup, I swing back to the point guard pin down layups, like you know. So it was great. Yeah, there you go. Box, All right, box uh, one, box, box. <laughs> number two. Here, here we go. We're going. We're going to the second one. Would you rather right now? be coaching Arizona with the number one offense in the country and a defense where you're kind of like, eh, I don't know how they're going to get stops. Or would you rather be Tennessee with the number one defense in the country and an offense where you're like, ah, you know what? I don't really know how they're going to score. John, we're going to you first on that one. I'm a defensive guy. I'm going defense because offensively, you know, one bad offensive night and a, and a mediocre defensive night can have you at the house. Defensively, I think, you can keep a game closed. You can keep you stay in the game, and 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 I'd rather have a number one defense because Tennessee has a hot game. They start hitting shots, or offensively, they get they start getting hot or run on a streak later in the season. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Arizona, they're going to try to outscore you, and historically, teams that try to outscore you, I don't know, it could get it could get shaky. So, and Arizona, give me number one <laughs> offense, and, 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 and the number one defense works, John. Until you come across some pros. And when you got some pros, right. <laughs> that shit works well. So right. when you're spitting out first round draft picks like Arizona is right now, nah, I, I think it's, you know, I, 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 on a serious side, I, I got a lot of respect for Tennessee and how they play, but, but I, I like this Arizona team and I like this style of play. I think as they improve and get some, you know, get some guys back, they lost a lot last year, probably unexpectedly. So as they, get to a point where they recruit to that and expect those losses or some guys stay, then look out. We could be looking at something special happening there. Yeah, hey, did you see how we flipped that, Henson? Did you see how we went yeah. from we're going to have yeah, fun, yeah, we're joking around, we're laughing we to like, to, so, you know, so, in all seriousness, let me hey, just make no, a no, point no, right no. Trevor, Trevor, we yeah. need to bookmark this conversation. I'm an offensive March. guy, but you yeah. put some yeah. – I'm a defensive guy. I'm a so, – you know, look. Listen, I'm a defensive guy. Come play for me. We're going to score. Hey, look, we – hey, we – Defensively, hey, we could be have a bad offensive night. And guess what? We know one thing was going to be consistent is our defense. Arizona, I mean, we'll see. In March, hey, we need to bookmark this. We'll see. We're putting up 90 Arizona a game, up. baby. we putting up 90 a game. Ain't no bad hey, night. My bad night is 80. Hey, look, we we not putting up 90, but guess what? If we get going and we lock it down, it's over for you. It's a wrap. It's, you're done. I'll just I'll, I'll tell you this. There is not a single person that is watching this right now that is surprised that Randolph Childress doesn't want to play any defense. All right, we're going to take – would you rather number three here? Would you rather be Dennis Gates, a guy that came in with no expectations and has completely outperformed what was expected of him coming into the year sitting here 12-1? and one. Would you rather be that guy where all of a sudden you now have expectations on the team that – we don't quite know how good they are yet. Or would you rather be Todd Golden, where everybody thought that you were the golden child, you were going to come in, you were going to turn Florida back into the, the team that was going to be top 20 and competing for SEC titles, and you're sitting here at, what, 7-5 to five on the season, 
uh, disappointing expectations. RC, we're going to you first on this one. Dennis Gates. I mean, Dennis Gates. I, I don't even know how you go anywhere against that because it hasn't been as bad. Golden had it been bad. I think, in, in all fairness to him, we 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 were we, we interviewed him at the final four last year and was, and, and we were kind of like, all right, you know, it could take some time. We'll see if he gets some guys and blah blah blah. But we no one saw this with Dennis and those guys, and you know, we he and CY they're gonna get dudes in there. They're gonna be a tough out. That thing in Missouri is gonna get better and better. I don't think anybody saw them getting being this good this fast. I, I like Dennis Gates as well. I I swear when I watched them play Wichita State, I kind of saw how they were playing. I saw the energy. I saw the crowd. I saw kind of how you know that 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 program. I said, okay, there's someone to keep an eye on. So for sure, Dennis Gate, uh, Golden, love him. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I was kind of reading up about him a little bit. He's a he's a big analytics guy, so you might need to turn off that computer screen and just you know what I'm saying, watch some film and and, and try to just eye test it, you know, eyeball it, man. Because uh, you know, sometimes the numbers is not the you know the food and job. The numbers fool you sometimes, man. The the numbers, numbers fool you. So you got sometimes you got to just click off the screen and just watch. You know what I'm saying? Just you know what I mean? Like you know, like so. Hopefully, he can find a balance. But right now, he's he's got he's got to figure it out down there. But I mean, great job to have Florida's perennial powerhouse. If you can get the right guys in there, it's easy to recruit there. I've been to that campus a lot of times. Being from Florida, um, just she just needs to kind of keep keep rolling. And um, like I said, man, turn turn the turn the computer screen off, man. Just you know, hey, watch some basketball, though. So look, I thought that that was a really creative and unique question uh, when I wrote it down, and it was really dumb. Uh, you you want to be you want to be Dennis Gates like what what am I doing that was a that was a bad question I'm going to take the L on that one uh, just like Todd Golden has taken L so far this season all right would you rather be Arkansas right now without your star big man Trevon Brazil or would you rather be Indiana right now without your star point guard Xavier Johnson uh, RC let's go to you first on this one mm. I would rather be – I think Arkansas is still good with everyone else, Smith back and everyone else without Brazil. So if I had to, to take the bet of which one I wanted it to be, I'd be him. I think Johnson's invaluable to Indiana. I, I don't think they can win, you know, compete at a high level without him missing a significant amount of time, even with Shafino in. Mm-hmm. John? Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would rather be Indiana – I mean, not again. I mean, I, I would rather be Arkansas because they can keep rolling a little bit. He is invaluable. I mean, he ranked second on the team in the score and let him in assists and steals. That's a big deal, um, especially for a team that prides himself defensively. So, uh, definitely would rather be Arkansas. Yeah, I think I would too. There's too there's too much other talent on the roster, right? Yeah. And Arkansas mm-hmm. overall is a better team, and just kind of in a vacuum, um, you can I think you can win without a five man if you want to kind of go smaller. Uh, where it's difficult to win if you don't have your point guard and you're forced to play bigger and guys that aren't necessarily suited for that role. So uh, if you lose your point guard, you're always in trouble. All right, which front court would you rather have? UConn's with Adama Sanogo and Donovan Klingon or Purdue's with Zach Eady and Caleb first? Henson, you first. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I don't I, – Eady, got to go Eady, Eady yeah. and, and first. I mean, first of all, they can play together. They played. They look good together tonight as well. Um, uh, the more experienced, and he's got a perennial national player of the year. So that was kind of an easy quest for me. But you know, the UConn big men duo is pretty good as well. But they kind of alternate kind of playing. So it's, are they really kind of like a, a duo per se? So I got to go Purdue. RC. I hate to, I hate to admit this, man, but I'm struggling with this one. 
Because if, if I had to bet, I, I would say ZD because you go with the best player. Mm-hmm. But man, that two-headed monster in UConn right now is looking really freaking good mm-hmm. with that guard play, man. That's a tough ass out because you don't get a breather. You just it's just it's they right. just tag teaming you. Yep, and, yep. and and that is that's a damn good question. As bad as that last one was, this might be the best one. Um I, I I'm leaning toward Edie because he he's because he's just he's just the best big best player right now in college basketball. But I just think long term. I, I like the UConn bigs. I, I just think those. Oh, we didn't guys. say long term. I'm gonna do what he did today. Yeah. We didn't say long term. We said right okay, now. It's right, it's right now, game. RC. It's right now. You say I'll say this. I'll say this in a in an era oh. where you got to be able to guard on the perimeter and you got to be able to switch. I think that I probably would like Sonogo and Klingon Sonogo. more because I think they're a little bit more defensive vers- defensively yeah. versatile. But if we throw in the qualifier that Zach Eady has to be coached by Matt Painter, give me that. <laughs> give me him. Give me whichever seven foot five dude that wherever wherever Matt Painter finds him, give me that guy, Matt Painter. Yeah. Like he just, I don't know how he does it, but Come he on, just man. finds a way to turn these guys into Shaq. Because that's essentially what Zach Eady is right now. We got we got, we should call him Shaq Eady from now on. Greg, Greg tell Greg Waddell to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Shaq yeah. Eady. Yeah. He, he he ducked on a dude today. I was like, okay. Okay, big <laughs> man, it was child. They should have called child protective services today, man. What he was doing to them, and he, yeah. and he only had five shots. They should have called child protective services. Like, sir, somebody, <laughs> mom in the crowd, get him off my baby. Somebody, <laughs> right. somebody, mom in the crowd yelling at that kid. I'm telling you, that was bad. That was tough today, man. What's really changed with him, in, in all seriousness, without joking, what's really changed with him is that he's gone from being a guy that would kind of seal and get position and make a shot to being a dude that catches the ball eight feet away from the rim and he's trying to dunk through you, right? Like he's not, he's not dunking over anybody. He's not, he's literally dunking on you. He's going through your body. You are going to get knocked on the floor when he dunks on you because he's, it's 290 pounds coming at you. And he's kind of figured out how to like use that strength to his advantage, where I think last year it was a little bit more like he was like, yeah, I'm bigger than you, but I'm not going to play. Like, does that make sense? I think he had to learn how to kind of, be bigger, confidence. play bigger confidence, and, and, and I think he's he's and I think he is physically stronger. I think you know when you're taller, sometimes you give up leverage, and I think he's he, you understand that shorter guys would get leverage. I do think he's stronger, and I think that's why he's so dominant right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's figuring it out. I mean, you could tell game by game. I mean, uh, even today when he when he when he dunked on the dude. You kind of tell he was kind of like, hmm, let me go try to just punch this. For- oh, okay. Well, all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could tell he's kind of he's starting to kind of get it together, figure it out, kind of his physical limit, what he can and can't do, what he, what, you know, and push himself. So it's going to be exciting to see him down the stretch. John, do you think he fits in the NBA? Do you think there's a spot for him there? I, I, I really don't know, man. I, I don't, I, like, out looking at the game now, I don't know. Um, but being a dominant seven footer, I mean, you got the the kid from Auburn who's playing pretty well with the, with the Jazz. I forget his name. Um, Walker so, Kessler. Walker Kessler. So, but he's more of a shot blocking, rim running, finishing type big. Um, I don't know, man. Um, can I he beat Boban? Can Can he kind of like just find a place where maybe he doesn't play more than ten minutes a game? Maybe it's like a matchup specific kind Boban of a thing. Is, Boban is nice. Like, yeah, he got nines. He got the touch. Like you know, he's nice. He's just a little too big. But I mean, Boban's carved out a good career. He played nine or ten years in the NBA. Maybe. Um, I, I think my question would be for him is, does he have a skill set that we don't know of? Like, how's his passing ability? Mm-hmm. Um, could he develop and be a a, a 
what 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 range can he have shooting from the perimeter? Like consistently, or could he develop into that? Would be the ultimately the decision to see. Because I don't think athletically the you know he, he's going to be he's going to be in drop coverage. He's not getting out there only ball screens or doing anything like that. Um, but catching and passing, like does he have another skill that mm-hmm. we you know can he develop another skill that we just hadn't seen yet? Would be the biggest question about his his fit in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, even if he makes it, it's going to be as a, you know, a very specific kind of role and very specific kind of matchups. I mean, he ends up playing there, but I'm, you know, I want to see it happen. I'm rooting for him. I'm pulling for the kid. All right. RC, this this is a tough one, man. And you know what, for both of you guys, this is a tough one because I think I'm going to be on the opposite side of this conversation, but Henson, we're going to you first, which ACC backcourt would you rather have North Carolina's with Caleb love and RJ Davis or Miami's, with Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack. Oh, you switched it up on me. Okay. All right. I didn't know you were going to say the Carolina backcourt. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of – Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say you know, it. I, I'm, I'm going to go Carolina, but, I mean, it's not far off because I think at their peak, Pack and Wong are probably the best. But at their peak, when, when they are playing at their best, which Pack hasn't been playing great as of late. Miami's I paid, better. man. Last year was a contract year. Now, now he yeah, got so money. Like, but, but two experience, two experienced Final Four guards, averaging double digit points. Uh, RJ Davis is playing really well. Caleb Love is coming along, not shooting the best from the three. You're not being as efficient as he wants. But I think you're, I, you got to stick with them. I mean, those are two guys that can literally change the game and or season for Carolina if they can figure out what they need to do. So I'm definitely going. Carolina. Hey, that, that, that was a that was a pro answer, right? You you see how he kind of yeah. na- navigated that RC. He's like, I think these guys are great. He, he but how can you go against the dudes that played in the national title game? Like, come on, man. They were, they were up 16 and a half. Like they were they were 20 minutes away from a national championship. I gotta go with them. We saw right now, though, and they're not playing as well as they were a year ago. They are on the uptick. Here it comes. They're they're on the uptick. Who I need Pat to play four, better than of me these ride. four players, just like we did with Zach Eadie and the Bigs? Who's the best of these four? Isaiah, Wong. I'm gonna go Wong. Yeah, he's ACC player of the year. Wong, Wong, Wong. If the player of the year for the conference came out right now, it's Wong. Isaiah won't be player of the year. Um, I think the other three are struggling. I do think I, I'm, a, I'm a huge R.J. Davis fan, I've been on his bandwagon all year long. I mean, even last year. I think there's – I do agree. They're starting to figure it out. If Pac yeah. gives us anything close to what he, he does in the past, this is good. I can even argue that NC State backcourt belongs right there as well, but that's a whole other conversation. With Tarquavian Smith and Jock Hill Joyner, you got to put them right there in this. So, um, Smith is I, I, too if, if we, I put it this way. If you add NC State and, and Jock, Tarquavian Smith and Jock Hill Joyner in this conversation, I would just say y'all pick whatever y'all want, whichever one left over. I'm cool with it. Like that's literally how I respond to the question. But if if uh, if I had to say right now, I'd go with Miami slightly, even with the. But I think Miami, I think Carolina's backcourt will get better. But but Miami right now is, if Pack gets anywhere close to what he shot the ball a year ago, then good luck guarding them. So if they're, if they're, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Miami, right? I'm gonna say Miami. Right. And then I'm going to take this clip and I'm going to send it to Caleb Love. 
I'm going to let Caleb Love see it, see it, make sure it's in his mentions, make sure it gets on his IG, whatever it is. Make oh, sure he's going to be pissed now. Somebody because the real answer is I'm taking Caleb Love. We just got to get him pissed off. He's yeah, not pissed off. Get 30. Somebody he hasn't get been 30. reading enough. Yeah, but he hasn't been reading his IG comments enough yet. We got to get him to that point where you got angry Caleb Love. Yeah, where you got yeah. you got second half against Duke in the Final Four in New Orleans going for 27 points and a half. We need that Caleb Love. Rob, you heard me up? say that about that team all year long. They they didn't they don't play well with the pats on the back. But when you kick when you when you dog mm-hmm. them and start talking about them, the cats respond and, and they're starting to figure it out. Let's see if they can keep it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's a perfect transition because I wanted to ask you guys this. Let's let's kind of wrap it up. Let's do a big picture. We got the end of the year. This is going to be the last live after dark that we're doing at 11 p.m. until. It is 2023, which is wild to say. I can't believe it's already 2023. It feels like just you know yesterday that we had everything shut down. And um, so let's start with this. I want to know what was your most memorable moment from in the college basketball world in the 2022 calendar year? Henson, I'm going to you first on this one. And if you don't say what I think you're going to say, I'm going to be so disappointed. You know, you know what I'm saying? Say Coach K packing. Listen, say Coach K packing. Listen. Last game in Cameron, I don't know if you saw the Paolo Bancaro podcast. Mm-hmm. They were under a tremendous amount of pressure to win that game for him, and they lost. That made me feel even better. And then in the <laughs> Final Four, to <laughs> to send them home, that was – I mean, those – these are – I mean, they, they, they're they going to talk about that forever. Please believe Coach K still probably gets – I probably couldn't come to Coach K and have a discussion, a, a nice convenient, nice discussion about that game. Um, I was, I was actually with Chris Duhon last night. He's in town. I, I said, Hey, look, man, be like that sometimes brother. Like, you know, they, so the Dukies are still feeling that man. So that's, that was my best, the best moment. Look, Caleb love RJ, those guys, they're, they're good for life with me for sending him home like that. I mean, what more do you ask for? <laughs> RC, what do you got? I, I got to piggyback off that. And, and Rob, you'll appreciate this. I would have to add. Shaman being with us at the final four is <laughs> part of that moment. Like I, I don't think it gets any better than that. If people could go back and watch that, and, you know, him hanging out with us down in New Orleans, I, I would say the same situation. I mean, that was just, that place was, that place was unreal. Hey, Henson, he actually said, I don't care about no damn national championship. We just sent coach K home. Yes. We ended the rivalry. Yes. We're when done. Lost, it's over. When they lost, I swear they're like, so what are you doing for the game on Monday? I'm like, what game? Oh, championship. Oh, I guess I, I, I'm just, you know, bars I don't know. We play, oh, we play Monday? Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, whatever. Because, listen, if you caught me during that Final Four Duke game, I was running around my house like a madman, yelling, <laughs> screaming on the floor. Just like, it was just one of the, like, it was one of those moments for Carolina guys, like, bragging rights forever, right? And so, yeah. You know, they're, they're going to have a chance to get their lick back this year, um, and I'm 100% sure that they're going to be motivated. So Carolina better be ready for them because I think that loss still reverberates through those hallways. And and if I know anything about those Dukies, like, you know, they're going to be fired up for that, man, because <laughs> Coach K, you know, I don't know where Coach K is at right now, but you know, he definitely still ain't watching those games. I mean, he still might be upset at them boys. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, my most memorable moment was uh, – it wasn't an actual game that was played. It was the suddenness with which Jay Wright announced that he was retiring, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of came out of nowhere. I remember it was, uh, I want to say it was April, I think it was April 19th, but I was in my neighbor's backyard 
with my with my son and his best friend and we're just sitting there like throwing a baseball or something like that it was a spring it was a warm day and i got a call from uh from fanta he was like hey man have you heard anything about like jay wright i heard something about jay wright and I was like, what you, come on, man, Jay Wright right now retiring. And I was like, there's no way this is happening. And then like literally 20 minutes later, I think it was Shams that broke the news. And he's like, Jay Wright's retiring. I was like, what? Jay Wright? It's the only thing I could tell you where I got that piece of news in 2022. I could tell you exactly where I was and exactly mm-hmm. what I was doing. Uh, Jay Wright retiring. All right. Uh, the best game that you saw in 2022 off the top of your head. It can't be anything North Carolina and Duke related, Henson. We can't. We, we got to. We got to. Um, I'm just going to go back not long ago, uh, the uh, double overtime game, uh, Providence Marquette. I, that was a dope. That was that was a dope game for me to watch. I, it was a, it was a great game. You know, there's obviously other games that were in the other you know, last season and stuff, but just keeping it kind of fairly recent. I thought that was a big time game, a big time confidence move for Providence because Marquette is a really good team. And, uh, you know, there's some gaudy stats put up. Um, I think Bryce Hawkins had 29 and 24, a couple of kids. 29 and 23. Yeah, 23, couple kids on Marquette had 29, 20. So that was a that was a good game. Fun game to watch. Um, and you know, before the game, you know, people were thinking Marquette was kind of gonna, you know, put it on them a little bit. So it was that was a that was a fun game to watch. RC. Uh, that's a tough one for me. Um I, I, I wanted. I, I'm thinking about some. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the high game. You know the games that we had earlier. I don't know where my computer's cutting off right here. Um, I don't know what that was. My uh, the computer cut off. But I, I don't know. I, I'm struggling with that. I don't know if I could say the oh, best game. That I've I'll, seen I'll tell. So I'll tell you mine. Mine. Mine is a cop out. Um, but it's the national title game, right? You got a team with a 15 point halftime lead. Uh, biggest comeback ever in the second half of an NCAA tournament national title game. And then at the end of the game, you have Bill Self with five level one violations hanging over his head, getting the trophy from Mark Emmert, who says the University of Kansas City as he gives him the trophy. Like, how can you – you can't top that. You can't – or no, he said the Kansas but City – But you just told us we couldn't say anything with Carolina. The well. Kansas City Jayhawks. Yeah, because I wanted it, man. Oh, that's why I got you. Yeah, that's okay. why I was taking it. I was claiming that. I was taking my claim to it. But because I thought the Alabama Carolina game, the four overtime game, was just a roller coaster ride. Just watching that, thinking like I thought that was the worst game I've ever seen in my entire life, man. I was, was sitting here the whole so, time. Please it was end. so crazy. It was just like a hot potato. Like who wants it? I don't want it. You take it. You take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm stuck with that one. I, I don't know who I'd say the best game I've seen so far this year. I, I think it's been some. Pretty lopsided game, but some pretty hard fought games as well. Great so Arkansas I, and Maui. How about that? That's the that's ooh, the one that stands That was up. good. The great Arkansas. game early was good. That was good. Yeah, the Texas well, game well, in the garden was good too. Yeah, that was that was good. That was that there was a there was a bigger crowd there than I thought there was gonna end up being for that. That was a fun game. Um, but listen, this has been fun. We've been here over an hour already. Uh, producer Trevor is ready to go take a nap. He is tired. We overworked this guy, so we're gonna let him uh call it a night. Uh, So for Randolph Childress, for John Henson, my name is Rob Doster. Everybody have a happy, healthy, and safe new year. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.